Welcome to Lockdown Diaries. I'm Bilal Qureshi. In a world before this moment, I was a culture writer and a radio journalist. But now, maybe like some of you, I find myself facing so many unknowns, both professional and personal. Like most of us with the privilege to socially distance, I've spent the last month in a room of my own, 10 stories above an empty city, physically severed from friends and family. In this absence, in this space that's open, I've been filling my time, like many of you I'm sure, in conversations, calling friends. Not new friends, not new people, not talking to anyone new, not accumulating anything new, but returning to memories, to stories, and to the conversations that have helped me think through the tensions and the knots in my heart and in our collective condition in this moment. One of the phrases that keeps coming back to me as I am writing and thinking in my lockdown diaries is by the novelist Toni Morrison. It's a line from her novel Beloved that the late author speaks over the opening credits of the extraordinary documentary of her life, The Pieces I Am. She is a friend of my mind. She gathered me, man. The pieces I am, she gather them and give them back to me in all the right order. It's good, you know, when you got a woman who is a friend of your mind. Well, my lockdown diaries are conversations with the friends of my mind, the writers, thinkers, and artists who have helped me begin piecing myself back together in this time. From Brooklyn to Lucknow, from Oxfordshire to Delhi, these are conversations of consolation, of mourning, and of hope. Hi, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. It sounds perfect. Thank you so much for taking the... I know this was a little technically tricky. (laughs) No, it's okay. Today, for this first chapter of Lockdown Diaries, I have the gift and the privilege to have the company and the voice of the extraordinary writer and thinker Arundhati Roy. When the government of India announced its rushed and chaotic lockdown last month, it forced many of its most vulnerable citizens to become refugees in their own country. The so-called laborers and domestic workers from Indian cities were forced to flee for their homes, in villages and in the countryside, with no plan, rekindling memories of India's partition in 1947, images of suffering, of hunger, and of violence It's just one symbol of a broken world that's unable to cope with this illness, and a world that's been unmasked by an illness that respects no boundaries of class and nationality that have defined our world. I'm so honored to have a writer with such a gift for language and compassion read from her writing about this moment. So this is uh, Arundhati speaking from Delhi, and I'm just going to read uh, a little bit from a recent essay I wrote called The Pandemic is a Portal. Who can use the term gone viral now without shuddering a little? Who can look at anything anymore? A door handle, a cardboard carton, a bag of vegetables, without imagining it swarming with those unseeable, undead, unliving blobs dotted with suction pads waiting to fasten themselves onto our lungs. Who can think of kissing a stranger, jumping onto a bus, or sending their child to school without feeling real fear? 
Who can think of ordinary pleasure and not assess its risk? Who among us is not a quack epidemiologist, virologist, statistician, and prophet? Which scientist or doctor is not secretly praying for a miracle? Which priest is not secretly at least submitting to science? And even while the virus proliferates, who could not be thrilled by the swell of birdsong in cities, peacocks dancing at traffic crossings, and the silence in the skies? What is this thing that has happened to us? It's a virus, yes. In and of itself, it holds no moral brief. But it's definitely more than a virus. Some believe it's God's way of bringing us to our senses. Others, that it's a Chinese conspiracy to take over the world. Whatever it is, coronavirus has made the mighty kneel and brought the world to a halt like nothing else could. Our minds are still racing back and forth, longing for a return to normality, trying to stitch our future to our past and refusing to acknowledge the rupture. But the rupture exists, and in the midst of this terrible despair, it offers us a chance to rethink the doomsday machine we have built for ourselves. Nothing could be worse than a return to normality. Historically, pandemics have forced humans to break with the past and imagine their world anew. This one is no different. It's a portal, a gateway between one world and the next. We can choose to walk through it, dragging the carcasses of our prejudice and hatred, our avarice, our data banks and dead ideas, our dead rivers and smoky skies behind us. or we can walk through lightly with a little luggage, ready to imagine another world and ready to fight for it. Can I ask you one question about this essay? Is that okay? Yes, surely. You opened this um, essay with the phrase going viral. Um, how does it feel that your essay, for the lack of a better term, has in fact done exactly that in part because I think it offers something that people have been wanting to think about, which is that you know, a lot of people are waiting for the idea they're going to return to their normal life somehow soon when the lockdowns end. And you suggest that there is no, really, there can't and shouldn't be a return to normality, which is what I think people are waiting for. Um, it really has, like, connected in a way that I'm sure you hope, but then it, I, have you been surprised by that? or? Well, I mean, um, you know, in a way, it's the fastest thing I've ever written. but. At the same time, you know, uh, just now, in fact, five minutes before you called me, somebody s sent me a video that's been going around, which is me speaking in the U.S. 20 years ago, like just after 9-11, saying that this world and this American way of life, it cannot continue, that it will break down, and that another world will is possible. A world run by a handful of greedy bankers and CEOs who nobody elected can't possibly last. Soviet-style communism failed not because it was intrinsically evil, but because it was flawed. It allowed too few people to usurp too much power. 
21st century market capitalism, American style, will fail for the same reasons. Both are edifices constructed by the human intelligence, undone by human nature. The time has come, the walrus said. Perhaps things will become worse and then better. Perhaps there's a small god up in heaven readying herself for us. Another world is not only possible, she's on her way. Maybe many of us won't be here to greet her, but on a quiet day, if I listen very carefully, I can hear her breathing. Thank you. You know, another world is on her way. And so somehow there's a, the speed at which I wrote this essay connects to you know, so many years of saying this in so many different ways, you know, through fiction, through nonfiction. But uh, yeah, it's, it's important for us to imagine our way out of this, you know, because every effort will be made to clamp down on, on, on human beings and on this capitalist machine to keep it oiled and running smoothly with more control, with more surveillance. This disease is going to give governments an opportunity. Uh, they will see it as an opportunity, uh, you know, much different from the way we see it as an opportunity. So uh, it's important not to let that happen now. It's a very crucial moment now. When did you decide that you wanted to write something about it? And when did you realize that you were going to take on a press pass and, and actually follow this story as it was happening? Uh, no, I had a I had a press uh, pass, but uh, you know, obviously, when this shutdown when was announced, uh, just before that, there had already been a day's curfew, and the Delhi government had also called a shutdown. And then Modi came out and announced the in national shutdown. And when I saw the the horrific marching, walking, the violence. Uh, you know, I just couldn't think about taking my time over trying to write about this, you know, because I knew that something, I don't know, almost tectonic was happening. So uh, just for two days, I was like uh, at home and trying to adjust to the fact that, you know, the world was changing just personally around me. But then I, I, I just, you know, I just lost my peace of mind after that. I'd had to write. And when you're stuck at home, when you're at, when we all are sort of being forced by many varying kinds of governments, like where I find myself is very strict rules. It's almost essentially a curfew. In a way you're, I mean, is there a lot of action you can take? while still being at home. No, no, but I'm not talking about now and this week and this weekend, you know. I'm the corona virus, uh, you know, whatever the toll it takes, it will not be here forever, I don't think. Some something else will come, but I'm just talking about whatever it is that we have to live with. We are not going to have to live under a physical curfew, you know, for the rest of our lives, that's for sure. So I'm not talking about taking precipitate action right now, this minute, or running onto the streets. Of course not. But I'm just saying we need to 
be extremely aware of what will be done to control us in the name of protecting us. As always. Is the sky very clear around you? Is the is it feel really different from your room? Sorry? Is the sky very clear around you now? Does it feel very different from where you sit in your room and your home where you're spending this it's, lockdown? It's completely different. It's completely different. In fact, uh, it's really incredible how the animals have taken over the space, you know. Although urban animals do need human beings, so, you know, uh, apart from writing this, I've been feeding the monkeys around here and the dogs around here and cows around here because uh, they, they, they are in some kind of distress and yet you can see how happy they are, you know. Uh, there are so many birds out. There are like five or six peacocks, uh, almost as we speak in, in the park. Just I can just look down from my balcony and see them. Well, thank you so much for taking that time and for the reading as well. It's um, really a gift, yes. so thank you. Yes, Bilal, what a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, as always, um, and wishing you and the best and, and thinking of, of what the sky and, and, the, and the neighborhood may look like at this time. Yes, yes. I'm so scared that when, the, when it starts again, you know, the traffic and things. God, what will we feel like in some ways, you know, but I don't know. Let's see. Once again, writer Arundhati Roy, reading from and discussing her essay, The Pandemic is a Portal, published in the Financial Times earlier this month. To each of you, I wish you health, hope, and light in this moment. And I want to thank you for listening to my Lockdown Diaries. And I hope you'll share with me some of yours. Our music is by Zay Bungesh. I'm Bilal Qureshi. And this was a B-Sides production. <laughs>